Hi, and welcome to the Two Dogs Podcast. My name's Kevin Hillier, and looking forward to this one. It is a beauty. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it because it's a, a great family dynasty uh, that uh, is red, white, and blue through and through. And we'll get to uh, who we've got on uh, this podcast in just a tick. But a thanks to our terrific sponsors of the Past Players and Officials Room uh, at the, the Victory Room at uh, Marvel Stadium uh, for our match day experience. And also uh, terrific to have them as uh, also sponsors of the podcast. Uh, so thanks to Dave Boxall from, uh, from Midway Concrete and Garden Building Supplies, to Justin Whitford from PFG Australia, uh, obviously all family-owned businesses and uh, all doing a terrific job of back in the football club. Dave Marsh from uh, Flash Fabrications and uh, Noel Pearson Sons, uh, owner of Australia's uh, The Australian Luggage Company. So we thank them for their great support uh, and you see it on match days and you hear it here on the podcast and we really do appreciate them getting behind the Past Players and Officials Association. Today, a beauty for you, a family that's played over 300 games uh, in the red, white and blue. Uh, slipped in a few other games uh, in the uh, in the red and white as well uh, for the Swans, but it's the Cordy family, and today represented uh, so well as they did uh, on the field uh, in in their playing days at the Bulldogs by Brian Cordy and Neil Cordy. Yes, the older of the Cordy brothers, and of course Brian, the uh, the father of uh, of Ace and Zane, Zane being a premiership player. Uh, Brian and Karen, very uh, proud parents of uh, their premiership player. But today we'll delve into the early days. The Tarragon connection continues once again. Uh, with Neil and Brian, who came down from Tarragon, of course, and had terrific careers uh, with the Bulldogs. Uh, Brian playing 124 games, Neil playing 139 games for the Doggies before he went to the Swans, and we'll find out about that. We'll find out about the day that Malcolm Blight kicked 11 on the family. We'll talk about the 2016 Grand Final. We'll talk about the wisdom of Snapper and a whole lot more. So enjoy the Cordy Brothers. It's Toby and Levi in all their glory here on the Two Dogs Podcast. So let's go back. So were the, was the, the backyard footy fairly intense between you two when you were growing up? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty intense. We had not just amongst the kids but also the local people in Rosedale, all the kids used to come around and we all played footy together. It was fairly intense, fairly competitive. Um, it's always good fun though. Yeah, it was. It was, uh, And it wasn't just footy. It was, uh, it was everything. It was, you know, cricket, tennis, whatever we, we could get our hands on. It was it was pretty good, and then we had Graham. We sort of paired off because it was Brian and I are the closest as the eldest two brothers, and then Graham and Roger paired off. So it was like a you know it was like a build up uh, bout. They were the preliminaries, and we were the main <laughs> event. <laughs> was the was the fact that the Terrellgan zone was uh, was zoned to uh, to the doggies? Was that did that just mean that that's you knew you were going there if 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 that's where your footy and sporting path took you? Yeah, that was certainly yeah the case for, for me. I, I grew up barracking for Carlton, but the closer I got to uh, uh, at the age of, of playing in the VFL, I started to you know, follow the dogs. And and because we'd had so many guys that had that had gone before us from our club, Tarragon, you know, we had Bernie Quinlan, uh, Kelvin Templeton, Jeff Jennings, Peter Munro. Uh, it was uh, and, and the list the list went on and then of course Rick Kennedy after us so there was there was a pathway there that was like direct to our football club so that made it pretty easy. Now Brian, I read a story that you wrote about why why Neil barracked for Carlton and why you barracked for Geelong and why I think Cat barracked for Melbourne and Roger barracked for Fitzroy. You want to tell us that story? That's correct. 
It was a pretty simple one. Dad bought four jumpers, <laughs> four different jumpers, and whatever you got, you barracked for. And that's just the way it worked. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, though. Again, added to the rivalry, we had no connection to VFL teams coming from the country. So um, we sort of loved our footy. Watching the winners on ABC on a Saturday night was always a family highlight. It was funny that he didn't buy a Richmond jumper because he was a Tigers man and himself, like he'd, he'd go and he was a he'd go to grand finals when he could because he was still playing when we were young kids and and uh, actually I'm, I'm glad I got the the, the Blues because mm. in that in that period they went 68 70 72. All won premierships. Yeah, I don't think I want to get the cats. Yeah, and the Roy boys didn't do much. It was, it was. I lucked out there. Why didn't he buy a Footscray jumper? Given you're in the zone. Good question. I think it was pre-zone oh, okay. because I think the zone came in in the early seventies. Uh, yeah. I think it might have been seventy three. 74 or maybe yeah, around that time yeah. so it was, was we were still we're talking uh 1960s uh kev you know <laughs> this day it's a long time ago kev yeah i'm, a, I'm aware <laughs> of when it was i was on the planet <laughs> i was in an upright position by that stage well and truly so neil you went down in what 77 you told me the other night when we were talking that's when you first yeah went. yeah yeah so i went in 77 and uh i went and studied um Phys Ed at Footscray, FIT, now Vic Uni. Yeah. And uh, and as a lot of the there was there would have been, I don't know, maybe half a dozen or more uh, uh, t- of my teammates at the Bulldogs studying Phys Ed at, at Footscray. There was Terry Wheeler, Peter Welsh, Kelvin Templeton, Jeff Jennings, uh, and then Brian came along and he did the same thing. So it was it was like a home away from home. Yeah, down I, there. I didn't have to make too many decisions, Kev. I just followed what Neil did when I arrived. <laughs> <laughs> was that did that make it easier for you, Toby, or did that make it harder for you in terms of because there was the expectation that your brother had come down and and he'd made it, and you mm. were following him? Was yeah. that easier or, or harder? Uh, it certainly made it easier in terms of the transition from coming to the country to live in the city. I was able to live with Neil and um, follow with his routine a little bit. Um, I think any time you come in, you've got a brother who's already there and you're struggling to fight for your spot, it puts a little bit of pressure on you. But um, it wasn't pressure I really felt. I just wanted to play the best footy I could and hopefully I was good enough. Your first game, Neil, was against North Melbourne in 79? Yep. Not, yep. Uh, was it, was it a, I mean, how was that day for you? Because it wasn't a great result, but how was the day for you in your memory? It, it was it was it was really good actually the the and it was personally it, it was okay. I took a few marks and, and got my hands on the footy. Didn't kick any goals. I think I played at half forward, um, but um, it was it was it was good fun. I, it was I, I did I didn't feel uh, like a, a fish out of water. I felt like uh, felt like I could could compete at that level and that's sort of that's sort of your biggest worry uh you know from a personal level that when you go up to to that speed of of game and that intensity that you can you can compete and and fortunately I felt like I could so it was it was it was good yeah what about you Tove your first game what are your memories uh, played- Oh, my memories are very vivid still. We went to Victoria Park and played Collingwood in an away game, <laughs> yeah. and it was a very scary environment at the best of times. And we got, I think, 
I remember my memory is about 87 point flogging, and I played it full back. <laughs> on a fellow by the name of David Young, yep, who came from South Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and I, the, I got a pat on the back at the end of the game. I think I would have touched the ball three or four times. Mm. Um, is that Youngie never kicked any goals and everyone else did. So <laughs> it was an interesting one. That's a good effort, yeah. Actually, yeah. just reminded me, Kev, of, of the time we did play a lot of games together. And one that one game that was particularly memorable was the, when we played North Melbourne uh, at uh, at the Witten Oval when. The week after Malcolm Blight had been sacked as uh, coach, he was the, he was the last captain coach in the AFL, and they sacked him as coach. So he was, but he was still playing, and mm. he took all his uh, frustrations out on us. I played on him in the first half, and he kicked five on me, and then Brian played on him in the second half and he kicked six. Six on me. So he had got 11 for the day all on the Cordy family. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, he, yes. he could have kicked more, I think. Yeah. It might have kicked 15 actually, if he had a kick straight. Yeah. What were you doing at fullback, Toby, in your first game? Um, basically a match-up on size, I think it was, okay. that I'd had this guy and he was supposed to be playing out on a flank and he ended up playing from the goal square. But they were so dominant, I literally watched them all go over my head all day long at Victoria <laughs> Park. And that probably saved us from getting abuse from the Collingwood fans as well because the game was over early, so they weren't too excited about getting into us. Mm. Yeah. Small blessings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about when the three of you played together? There were three games, I think it was in 85, where the, where the three of you played together. How, how, how did that feel at, at the time? And, and now how do you feel about it looking back on the three of you running around there, the sort of, I guess, the, the Bulldogs version of the Danaher's? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great. I mean, it's funny at the time. Didn't it it, so, it, it didn't seem so big, but yeah. but uh, in retrospect, um, given the way the drug siblings together, um, it's we, we really value them. Mm. It was it was uh, you know it was it was pretty special. So yeah. very happy. At the time, it was just another game, and it was great. And I think Mum and Dad were very very proud. Mm. But um. In retrospect, it's become it's very significant to have your whole family out there, all three brothers playing together. Mm. And then when we played each other, when I was still at the Dogs and Neil and Graham were up at the Swans, was you know still pretty uh, a great thing for the family. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and it sort of connected us. The the thing that it did as well, Kevin, it was was connected us to the West because what happened in by nineteen ninety, and we're all um, uh, Graham and Roger were in Melbourne. Uh, as well, and mum and dad, when they retired, moved to Yarraville, and uh, so it it uh, and and we're in Yarraville right now at mum's house. Yeah. So and she's yeah. she's connected to the Footscray Yarraville Bowling Club, which is seventy metres down the street, uh, where Chops Rickman plays. Is uh, a very handy uh, long bowler, and. It's it, that connection to the uh, to the West. It, the, the the Bulldogs led it, and now and now all of Mum's fam. Mum comes from a big family. Now all her family, when they come from the country, um, come and stay in in Yarraville, and we all it, it all sort of feeds from around that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. Which must have made the the whole father son thing for you, Brian, really important when when that was sort of starting to develop. 
Oh, absolutely. I, there's, there's no doubt I was extremely proud to have two sons to come along and play at the Bulldogs and to have five Cordies who've played there and be part of the family. It's just, it's a great thing. The father-son, I know it's a little bit sentimental, but I think for football supporters, for players, it's a great thing to know that your kids have the opportunity if they're good enough to come and play at the same club as you. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the best things in the game. It's and I, I don't know of anything anywhere around the world, any sport where any team sport where you've got that. Mm. So it's um it's especially good. And and uh fr- from an uncle's point of view, now I understand what it was like for our uncles and and their uh engagement uh in in the game. So it's just been it's been brilliant. It's just that adds another element to your life watching ace and, and watching zane do their things and and there's good and bad it's a double-edged sword it's, you, you get the you get the pain as well as the as well as the gain it, it's not all you know it's not all happy times no. but that's football mm. yeah mm. Um, it might have been snapper power sorry kevin yeah um, snapper power yeah. when i was fairly young said well one day i was a bit disappointed in myself and um the team had won and I hadn't had a great day, and Snapper came up to me and said, "Don't worry, you got to celebrate every one chance you get because the game's ninety percent lows, ten percent highs. <laughs> so every time you get a chance to celebrate, you celebrate it." Yeah, <laughs> oh, the wisdom of Snapper. He's <laughs> yeah. so, right on. He's yeah. right on. Too. So, from a playing point of view for you, Tobe, what was your highlight of your time at the at the Doggies as a player, not as a dad, or not as a, a, a you know, what was your highlight? Ah. Uh, Individual, my year in 83 when I came run up in Best and Ferris and played every game and had a really, really good year. Yeah. And But as a team, I'm being involved in 1985 when we, you know, fell short, made a preliminary final. Mm. And I was lucky enough to go through that whole season without getting hurt. So mm. I, for me, that was a win because I didn't have a lot of seasons where I didn't miss games with injury. So it was that was undoubtedly my highlight, 1985, yeah. making the mm. final, mm. being a, you know, a couple of kicks away from a grand final in a pretty good strong side. Yeah. Mm. So, so for me, Kev, the the, um, the 85 prelim was, it, it, it's a double-edged sword because it was it was a loss and, and it really hit home the next week um, when when uh, the Hawks played in the grand final against Essendon and got done and we, we felt like... We were very competitive against Essendon, uh, you know, having beaten them at least once comfortably during the year. That was um, that was that was difficult, but it was also, in retrospect, a uh, a highlight to be that close to a grand final. Yeah. When you left, Neil, did you did you leave under? Because I can't remember you. Le- I remember you leaving, but I can't remember why you left. Yeah, I, I basically wasn't getting a game in the end. I in my last season in '86, yeah. um, we we ended up playing in the reserves grand final. I, I was I was I played the last half a dozen in the two, so essentially I wasn't getting a game under Mick, and and I was 28, so um, I had to look for look for another club. So it was it was simple as that. But we got to play one last game with the three of us uh, and it was against Richmond in uh, in the 86 Reserves Grand Final. It was yeah. on the MCG and, and we got done but it was... Uh, it was good fun. It was good fun, yeah. 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 Because you played in the 88 uh, 2's Grand Final, didn't you? The one we won, Tobe. Yeah, I was captain that yeah, that's day. Right. That yeah. was my last game for the Bulldogs. So, yeah, that was an exciting way to finish um, being um, captain of a premiership side. So that was, yeah. 
It's good. Yeah. Mm. So the, I want to talk about the 2016 and and how that how that played out for the for the family. Mm. Um, <laughs> you 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 you're giggling, Tove. It, it, it obviously is just. I mean, that's that's the cherry on the top of the cake, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely surreal, Kevin. There's no doubt about that. Like six weeks, seven, six weeks out from the final series, Zane was coming back from injury, and he played a game as a defensive forward against Geelong, kicked a goal, and played his role really well. And then he gets a game for the rest of the year. So he mm. plays six or seven in a row, and he's got a total, I think, of seven games to his belt. He goes from the first final over in WA, mm. and I remember. During when it, once he got picked and we knew on Tuesday night, I said, "Oh, we better go to this because he might never play another final again. You know, this could be all over. There's no chance to win it. We were just going over there to make up the numbers, <laughs> and so we go over, sit in the stand with 250, I reckon, bulldogs in one little area. Yeah, and it was just an amazing win. I took my oldest son Reese, yep. and we just sat there and just could not believe how well it went. And then we followed the wherever they went, but then the grand final day, no expectations. Zane kicks the first goal, has a pretty damn good final, mm. and we have a premiership mm. under our belt. I don't think many people understand how tough it was in those four weeks and how good the dogs were to win those games. Yeah. yeah. That, that um, uh, preliminary final against the Giants uh, was one of the best games I've, I've ever seen and, and uh, the excitement of getting into the grand final uh, was, we, I remember we caught up mm. after the game yeah. and it was, it was, we were just, it was just euphoric, mm. uh, the, the feeling of being able to get there and and uh, have a free swing at it because yeah. the expectations were, were low. Yeah. yeah, and this was a, this was a total bonus. So, um, it was just, and that that week, the build up was just. It was it was it was funny because having, I remember coming coming down from Sydney for, for the game, and I pick up the papers, and it was all the Bulldogs um, personalities. John Schultz, I'd never seen him in the paper in a newspaper in thirty years, <laughs> and all these uh, Bulldogs. Uh, stalwarts that were that were, were um, getting the attention that, that that was that was well overdue. It yeah. was and it was like a it was a uh, it was like a parallel universe. You know, for, <laughs> I, I could imagine what it'd been like for, for you, but it was uh, it was it was something else. Yeah, the, the thing the thing that got me it was great for our family having a, a Cordy playing, but all the past players I met during the final series. In, leading up in the grand final week and post the grand final, it was just an, a momentous occasion for them. Mm. They just really got on board. Mm. They were so just genuinely happy for the players who were playing mm. that day. And yeah. I can remember walking out after the um, preliminary final up in GWS and Brad Johnson was commentating. And I'd known Brad since he was 17. I used to be his teacher at school. Chanel, yeah. And um, we both had, we just had a big giggle about the fact that his 360-odd games, the best he ever played in was a preliminary final. Mm. Best I got in my 100-plus games was a preliminary final. And Zane had played 10 games and he was walking into a grand <laughs> final the following week. And we just grinned about that and said, since 1961, the all us players who played in the gap, the best we'd ever done was to play in a preliminary final. We hadn't mm. been to a grand final. And I think that took a while for us to just sink in that, yeah, he's going to the big dance. Yeah. We're going to the big tent. Yeah. We can support it. Yeah, yeah. it was special. Yeah. It was How nerve-wracking was the day itself for you, 
Brian? Actually, the, one of the good things about the day itself is that we, I think, had a, a big family contingent going, but we couldn't get them all together. And I got to sit out in the outer with just Ace. So it was Ace and I sitting on the outer, and we thought we were pretty inconspicuous sitting out there. And we're sitting in the outer, you know, just watching the footy with our bulldog scarves on. And the game gets started, and then Zane, lucky enough, gets the first goal. And we jumped up and fantastic. And then all these people with their phones around and patting us on the back. And so <laughs> and we thought we no one knew we were there. But it was great. And look, the lap of honour at the end, we, we, um, we were, couldn't get to the fence. And then we had, oh, I forget who it was. It was a, a North Melbourne player who knew Ace. And he just got in front of us and said, everyone out of the way, this is the Cordy family, get to the front so we can see Zane. And I forget his name. He did it really, he did it really well, get out of the way. No, it was fabulous. It really was. Yeah, it's a great photo. It was a great photo. That, I don't know who took it, but of I was the official uh, photographer of the dogs. I think. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Of Brian and and Zane and Ace all together, mm. celebrating. It was great. You um you became you became a bit of a story that week, Neil, because people loved that that thing of you played for both clubs and now you've got the the family. Um, you know, overlaying. So where do your allegiances lie? And uh, I, I know there were a few stories around at the time asking you where, where your, your, your 20 yeah, cents was oh, going. Look, it was, it was, I was genuinely conflicted. It, and and it's, it's anybody that spends time in the game, you, you I remember uh, when, when uh, Bruce Reed, father of, of Ben and, and Sam, I said, how are you feeling about, you know, Barrick for Collingwood in a grand final? <laughs> and he, he said, you get used to it, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and and the more, more time you spend in football and you, you have relationships with, you know, with people at other clubs and, and it changes. And for me, it was funny because I was working that day uh, for the Daily Telegraph. So I wrote a yarn to, um, well, I was over the moon for Zane and for Brian and Karen and, and everybody in the family. I had to write a story about the free kick count which was 22 to 8, you know, in the Bulldogs' <laughs> favour for, for the Daily Telegraph. You know, so it was, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was absolutely in two different camps and mindsets. It was like I was a split personality. It was, it was pretty weird. But um, but you did back to the dogs on the day. But I, I personally, if if I uh, had to say what do I want to happen, I was I want Zane to win a premiership. You know, uh, for the family, it was it was pretty straightforward. Well, you know what it's like in the me the, the me- when you're working in the media, there's many roles <laughs> you have to uh, that you have to take, and that was that was uh, that was mine for that day, which was which was you know kind of weird, but it's just part of the gig, as you know. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Brian, you quite rightly mentioned that the way that the past players. Um, uh, I guess uh, accepted and uh, and enjoyed, as opposed to being kind of bitter. It should have been me type thing. The, the, I've not heard any of that in all the talk that I've had with people about the 2016 game. Oh, look, the past players really just got on board to a man. There's no, there's blokes I hadn't seen for a long time that you know that I got messages from, saw them in the grand final day, and they were just genuinely happy for the family and mm. for the Bulldogs. Yeah. What was there were so many good stories, Kevin. Oh, was the was the prelim final more emotional for both of you than the the grand final? 
itself or did that play out differently? Because I, I found I found the preliminary final far more gut wrenching and far more emotional and and definitely tearing up like there was no tomorrow. In terms of being live at a game of football, I don't think there's any time that I've enjoyed a game more because yeah. the result went the way at the end. But yeah. we go out, you know, opposition's territory and mm. we're, we're in the majority. We're cheering louder than the Sydney siders. We're, we are absolutely mm. riding this emotionally from the first bounce. Yeah. From, you know, from the time that Zane put Callum Ward out with a nice knee to the temple, all those little things. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just the yeah. whole game. Just well, we're and, 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 and the uh, like the pilgrimage for yeah. people driving, you know, up the Hume Highway, yes. uh, you know, talking on talkback radio about, about the journey up there. Mm. It was... It actually really added to it the fact the fact that it was uh, out of town and uh, accessible. A boutique venue that was really loud. Oh, it was. It was. It was without doubt one of the best games I've I've ever been to. You know, it was it mm. was it was just rocking yeah. uh, that afternoon. Mm. And the and the, the game the game the flow the ebbs and flows of the game when you 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 can you could watch that I, I could watch it another ten times and still enjoy it yeah absolutely you're two very laid back characters was there ever much uh, sort of uh, angst between you two when you're on the footy field or when you're playing together really no we would be pretty supportive of each other all yeah. the way through and um, yeah. I could get a bit angry, but not with Neil. I got angry with other people more than Neil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was funny in the last game. It was if there was sort of emotional connection, it was was uh, protection. Yes, you know, it yeah. was funny. The um, Brian was more the the uh, he was the strong arm man of of the family, and I remember him coming. If anybody, I remember you tangled with Tony Shaw once, and and when we were in a. Yeah. Um, the odd melee. He was always he was always the next bloke in uh, uh, to. That was glad lack, lack of ability, so I had to get him. <laughs> Make my presence felt in other ways. Yeah, it was, it was good. There was one in that reserves grand final last game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not proud of that one though. No, no, but that's all right. We won't go. But yeah, well, Brian, we we were. I was exchanging blows with. With uh, whoever it was, and then and then Brian intervened. I intervened, which caused a bit. Es- and then escalated and then the melee. It yeah. did escalate, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then it became really big. Yeah. Was it weird when you played against each other? That would have been sort of strange. Yeah, the first time I played against Neil's with the Swans. Mm. Mickey Mulhouse said before the game said, "You got your brother. Good luck." <laughs> <laughs> Mick was a Machiavellian uh, individual, you know. He knew how to push the buttons. He knew how to push the buttons, go after it. Did you did you give Toby the nickname? Is that is that a true story that the nickname came from yeah. Callum? Yeah, yeah. It's a convoluted one. It's just you know how nicknames come along there. Yeah. There we, we used to used to watch a uh, a show a TV show called Callum mm. Edward Woodward with Edward Woodward and. There was a character in that show called Toby, Toby Mears. Toby Mears. And I just liked the character and I just started calling mm. him start after this character in Callum. Uh, and yeah. and that once was players it. like Hawk and that pick it up and run with it. 
Exactly. Once it's officially adopted, yeah, um, yeah. It, it just, and it just it, stuck. It, yeah, it did. Like Levi's. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. So Levi, Levi was yours at, at the doggies. It was. Yeah. yeah. But that did that and change that when you went to the Swans? It was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you what. I got. I became known as. Well, I'll tell you the story that led up to it. I was working for a company selling. Uh, called Sports Play, which was uh, a pay TV thing for the pubs and clubs, which had the horse races. And I went into a pub in Gosford, and I had I was down to it was the, it was the laundry day, and I had this pair of strides on, which were really sort of bright blue, and they had a uh, they had a crease in them that you could peel potatoes on. <laughs> it was that sharp. Anyway, I walked in with my cohort into this uh, pub in Gosford and the publican looks looks us up and down and says, nice slacks, mate. <laughs> and uh, so the, the bloke I was with, Tony Smith, one of the Swans' teammates, he, he, I was slacks after that. And uh, so, mm. and it stuck. Any, yeah. any Swans' blokes yeah. I see now from that time call me slacks. Yeah. At the Dogs during the <laughs> 80s, Hawk was the custodian of nicknames. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. And he was the one. If you got a nickname from Hawk, he kept it going and then that was it. He yeah. did, yeah. yeah. Wolfgang Nakambali. Yeah. <laughs> 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 who, who was, I don't know, I don't know if everybody. I, I think, think everybody was Wolfgang Nakambali, yes. He used to call everybody, uh, he used to call everybody Wolfgang. Yeah. And and uh, so Doug became Wolfgang Nakambole yeah. as well. Yeah. It was uh, it was like a universal uh, yeah. name. I, I even caught up with a bloke last night, and he he called me Wolfgang. You know, this, is, this is Brad Brad McEwen, who's who's you know a media guy, yeah. and uh, he said, "What's up, Wolfgang?" Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's some how of they the, work. Some of those things stick uh, through thick and through thin. Well, uh, thank you, thank you both for uh, spending some time and having a chat with us on the the Two Dogs podcast. Have uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Obviously, getting back to the the past players the other night, uh, the smiles on the faces. It's a it's a it's a good place for you both to be. Often, when players leave clubs and things happen, you go back and it's it's not good. But obviously, it's good. Yeah, I, th- I think at the immediate, when you first leave, it's difficult to come back to the past players. But yeah. as you get a little bit older and a bit further down the track and a bit more retrospective and more calm in, in your thinking, it's a great place to be. I look, You know, the, we had the presentation from Ted Whitten to Van Morrison, to Ian Morrison at the past players. And for me, seeing those blokes again and seeing them well and happy, it's just a great thing, really, is I just love seeing them. And their lives have been pretty good stories too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was fantastic. It, that was the first past players. It's funny. I'm on the Gold Coast now, and I organise a past players thing. But on the Gold Coast, that Brian went to that I didn't go to it was bizarre. <laughs> but but so that was on on uh, Thursday night. That was the first one I've actually been to. So to actually, and, and EJ made a fantastic. Uh, Fantastic speech, and so yeah. did uh, Morrow yeah. in in accepting as as you heard. But but it was it was just brilliant. Saw Boppo, Steve Smith there, and yeah. and uh, other other people. Yeah, it was and and yourself, of course. You know, yeah. you know, I, we we haven't laid eyes on each other for a long time. Yeah. It was it was um, it's amazing how the. Uh, the years evaporate. Yeah, they do. They do. Well, thank you both. Uh, continued success to the Cordy family. It's uh, it's great to have the Cordy family still running around wearing the red, white and blue. It's good. 
Thank you very much, Kevin. It was a pleasure. My thanks to uh, to Brian and to uh, Neil. Uh, terrific to have them uh, not only on this podcast, but have them back in the room in the last couple of uh, games that we've had too uh, in the victory room at, uh, at Marvel Stadium. Look forward to seeing them again uh, during the year. Uh, thanks once again to our terrific sponsors, Dave Boxall from uh, Midway Concrete and Garden and Building Supplies. Uh, of course, they're in the, the western suburbs. Uh, been around for nearly 40 years now, Dave. Uh, but uh, thanks for their great support of uh, the past players. Justin Whitford. EFG Australia, of course, a massive big company there in uh, in Derriman, uh, in the Tarnade area. So uh, thanks to Justin, EFGAustralia.com.au. Dave Marsh from Flash Fabrications, who's been around uh, the club for a long time now. Uh, family-owned business uh, going back nearly 20 years, and they're located in Hoppers Crossing. And Noel Pearson Sons, of course, the owner of uh, the Australian Luggage Company. And uh, they're great raffle prizes too uh, for the match day experience. So hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Two Dogs podcast. There's plenty more to come. There's plenty more to listen to if you've missed some of the earlier ones. Catch some of our past champions in action telling uh, some uh, tall tales and true about their days in the red, white and blue. And more to come soon. Go the doggies. But you come-